So we have further, maybe, confirmations of CM Punk to AEW, as it seems it's inevitable at this point. Plus, we review AEW Dynamite next on the Squared Circle Psycho Babble. My name is Michael Valenti. Joining me is Rob Valenti. At this point, I think everybody knows he's coming. AEW has done everything but say he's coming. But now, Fightful Select has reported that TNT is aware of the rumors and speculations, and they're ready to put their promotional machine behind CM Punk when he arrives. I should say if, until it happens. So what do you think of this little bit? Are you ready to see TNT really push this guy? And to what extent are we going to see him on cups and, and all the other stuff that he said with the pipe bomb almost 10 years, uh, over 10 yeah. years ago? Well, it's all but certain that we're going to get AEW ice cream bars. You know, that was one of the big things that he talked about when he was I really in WWE. Hope so. I hope that uh, if, if they're as good as the WWF at the time, WWE now uh, ice cream bars that they had back in the day, which mind you, they make them again. They are still very good that we got when we were kids. Those were the best ice cream bars. So if they are, if AEW plans to rip anything off that WWE has done in the past, please let it be the ice cream bars. But in, in all seriousness, first, yeah, right. In, in all seriousness, look, if CM Punk goes to AEW and if he actually shows up, this is going to be one of the biggest moments in wrestling history because this will really be one of the moments where it solidifies that now AEW is going from being the other option or being the alternative to, look, we're going to pay for some guys and we're going to pay them a lot of money and we're going to pay guys to come here and we're here to compete, which is encouraging because... For a couple of reasons. One, I want to see AEW be successful. I want to see CM Punk come back. I loved CM Punk when he was in WWE. Um, and 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 two, it puts WWE on notice, and hopefully you'd see them step up and produce at least a more consistent product. And uh, that that's that's what you want out of competition. Now, with CM Punk and TNT, I think they absolutely should try to promote this, put the promotional machine behind him. Because one, it's a big deal. I mean, this guy hasn't wrestled or been in wrestling in seven years. So having somebody come back, look, it's not like he was gone for a year or two and he's making an appearance at the Royal Rumble. Like this is a big deal because his mm -hmm. exit from WWE was highly politicized. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sorry, I should say publicized. There was a lot of attention that came out of that. He did a bunch of podcasts. There was a lot of people begging him to come back. You know, is he going to return to WWE? All of the rumors and speculation and now it looks like it's finally going to happen. So it's an exciting time to be a wrestling fan. It, it really is. And, you know, it seems like, you know, Rampage's ratings last week were really, really good. They were number three in the 18 to 49 demographic on a Friday night. Uh, over 740,000 uh, viewers for a Friday night at 10 o'clock. That's, that's really good. With the anticipation of CM Punk coming, you only think it's going to get higher. So, I mean, do we, do we bring up the 1 million mark? Maybe because people want to see this. And if it does, that just shows you how big this moment really is for not just AEW, but professional wrestling as a whole. Yeah, for sure. And I think that it's a it's good that they have a barometer from last week to kind of go off because, you know, you you do want to know what his appeal is at this point. I mean, and yes, I'm sure he's going to move a ton of merch. I'm sure that he's going to get a lot of attention. I'm sure this is going to get a lot of publicity. But at the same time, you also would want to see that number go up because it's not like you said, this has been pushed and kind of presented as him making an appearance for, I would say, close to a month now. So there's a lot of innuendo that's been going around. I think people are more or less expecting it. If, if he doesn't show up, I, I don't know what those fans will do, but I don't think it's going to be pretty. 
Right. Um, so I, I would hope that 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 number would be closer to a million. Um, and that will give you an idea of how many people are actually interested in punk. It seems like AEW is doing a really good job with without actually saying he's coming, teasing it. And I think there were two significant teases last night. One was Kenny Omega and his T-shirt. So we got the one cookie monster last week. This week, it was Chick Magnet, which yeah. for those that don't know, that's what CM and CM Punk actually stands for because of an indie show he did. Well, I guess he was part of a tag team called the Chick Magnet. So he was CM, Chick Magnet, Punk, and I forget the other guy's name, but that's where CM comes from. It's not Chicago made. It's not Cookie Monster. At least in the court's uh, records, it's Chick Magnet. It's up for debate. It's up for, I mean, it, he said it in a court of law that it stood for Chick Magnet. So I'm okay. going with that. Okay. So, uh, and the other tease, I, I, maybe I'm overthinking this one, but I think this was done intentionally. But John Moxley, before the main event, cuts a backstage promo uh, talking about his Rampage main event with Danny Garcia. And he's talking about how, you know, people want to come in all, from all these promotions and come back and want to be in the spotlight. And he's talking about Danny Garcia and asking him, do you really want to be in this spot? Do you really want to be in this spot? And I think... This was really talking to CM Punk and not Danny Garcia. So, uh, you know, it, it, like it's it's Danny Garcia is his opponent trying to give him shine in the main event. But really, this is about CM Punk. Do you really want to come back after this long time because you see everybody else joining in? Yeah. And, and you know, I, I would imagine. So we know Moxley's going to be in the main event. We know that this is probably not going to be all that competitive. I mean, maybe five minutes, 10 minutes at most, because, you know, Danny Garcia mm. is not necessarily a household name to the average fan. Right. And you're going to get a lot of casuals that I'm sure are going to tune in. So, um, you know, I, I it's not like he's the main attraction. People are tuning in to see CM Punk. And I'd imagine that if he is going to show up, I would think it would be probably the closing segment. So you get all of the buzz that pours over onto social media and all that stuff. So look, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about who is CM Punk going to face when he arrives or if he arrives. Uh, a lot of people have said Darby Allen. Some people have said Kenny Omega. All those rumors have been kind of going around. But you know what? Maybe Moxley's a good first challenge. So if if Punk shows up and gets in Moxley's face and that's how the show closes, I'd be fine with that too. Right. And I think it would be a good tie-in one because that big splash at double or nothing 2019 where Moxley right. comes in. Plus you have this big splash with CM Punk coming in on this first dance episode of rampage. I think that would definitely tie in. Plus you also have the history of the shield in WWE where CM Punk pitched the shield and Moxley was part of the shield. So do they tie that in where it's like CM Punk knows Moxley's not a name unless I, I don't pitch that thing, you know? So do they bring up that kind of thing? I think that would be a great storyline to start it off with Moxley. You're not the name you are without me pitching the idea to Vince first. You don't get your big break. You don't get the recognition without, without me, you know, asking Vince or however they want to decide to, you know, word this or, or, or kind of build that storyline, but that can certainly be a part of it, I'd imagine. Right. Now, another person that people have tied to CM Punk challenging or facing first in his first feud is Darby Allen because he had a backstage promo a while ago where he's like, I'm going to beat everybody, even if you are considered the best in the world. And he opens up AEW Dynamite last night with Sting in his first match on TNT in 20 
years in a tornado tag match with 2.0. Let me tell you something, Ralph. I said this a couple weeks ago when it was announced that 2.0 was going to be in All Elite Wrestling. WWE is going to miss these guys because they have value. They're not going to be tagged. I mean, maybe one day they'll be tag team champions, but I see these guys as heat magnets giving tag teams good wins and they'll be on TV a lot. Last night, I felt like you saw why because they did everything they could to bring that heat, obviously attacking John Moxley before he was able to talk as that was supposed to be what was supposed to start AEW Dynamite. And they did such a good job. Yeah. You know, they did classic heel one-on-one stuff and the crowd in Houston ate it all up and booed the hell out of them. Yeah, and and they draw heat because they play that chicken shit heel role so well. And they they it was nothing crazy. I mean, he got on the mic, he he, he said a small promo, they uh jumped Moxley and um and Eddie Kingston from behind to kind of open the show there and and that that drew them heat right at the beginning and it carried mm-hmm. over into the match. So that's exactly what you'd want, and that's how you utilize the talent to the best of your ability. What'd you think of Sting in his first AEW Dynamite match in this tornado tag? I mean, he didn't really do much, but what he did was effective. And yeah, he looked good. He didn't look like winded. He didn't look like he lost a step. They hid whatever flaws he might have, and you know they did what Darby had to do in 2.0. I thought it was a very good opening match and a very good match for Sting on his first TV match in 20 years, or at least on TNT in 20 years, yeah. I should say. Well, the most important thing, the crowd ate it up. They went nuts for Sting. They protected him, and he still looked pretty good in the in the. The, the situation they kind of put him in, you know, they had the opening sequence for the match where they brawled outside, which they were able to protect him. Darby took a nasty bump against the concrete wall. Um, Darby did a couple of dives. Sting no-sold the, the table, which I know. What'd you, you think know, about that? What'd you I think about you know, that? Who's he facing, right? It, it's, not like he, it, it's not like he's facing like a top-tier guy. It's not like Moxley put him through a table and he no-sold it or like a top guy that's ranked or a top tag team. It's 2.0. They're there to draw heat. They're there to play the role that they're being put in. It'd be different, and I'd probably have a different opinion on it if it was a top guy trying to put Sting through a table and no-sold it, given his age and all that stuff. But, I, I mean, honestly, I sat back and thought to myself, all right, well, what do I think about that? Look, the fans ate it up. That's all that matters. Exactly. Sting's an icon. Sting's a legend in pro wrestling. And look, let's be honest, guys. Those are the moments that we want. You know, for, for some of us who grew up with pro wrestling, and maybe I wasn't a huge Sting fan like back in the day because I did watch more WWF, WWE, but I compared it to Hogan. If Hogan came out tomorrow mm-hmm. or on Raw or wherever, and they put him in there with somebody and Hogan was getting his ass kicked and he hulked up, would my inner five-year-old want to mark out for that moment? Yes, I would. So, you know what? Let's not overanalyze it. Let's not like read too deeply into it. Wrestling is this kind of pretend world that we're supposed to kind of get ourselves invested in so we can work, uh, not have to think about the other shit that's going on in our lives. If the worst thing that happens on Dynamite is that Sting no sells a table spot, who cares? It's not a big deal. <laughs> But this is coming from a guy who is always talking about the realism in professional wrestling and some of the hokey shit that we see. Yeah, like- but it, it's all it's all different. All the, all the every situation should be it should is to me. I always analyze them differently. Like I said, if John Moxley's out there and he's putting Sting through that table, I might have a different opinion because Moxley's being positioned as a top guy and Sting is you know sixty some odd years old. But we're talking about two here. 
It got the fans to erupt, which is what you want. It brings you back. Anybody who grew up watching Sting, you're automatically going to be like, holy shit, this is the guy I remember from way back when, um, okay, which yep. is what you want. So, yep. you know what? It, it, it's Sometimes I think that we need to put our fan hat on. And I do this myself sometimes, too, and I, I know I do it. And we need to stop looking at everything from under like a, a microscope, so to speak, because not everybody, not everybody sits back and analyzes every little bit of every single match to the, to the casual fan. They're not going to be like, oh, well, you know, well, why did he Irish whip him there? He should have gave him a chop or why did he no sell that spot? It's like they're just watching it for what it is. And it's a television show. They're watching it as a television show, just like they watch Game of Thrones or Breaking Bad or Walking Dead. It's a television show. Yeah. So while, yes, we want to see the sport aspect of it as, you know, diehard wrestling fans, some people just don't. They just want to be entertained. And that's why yeah. you see some things like staying no selling through a table or Alexa Bliss hypnotizing people or whatever stupid well, shit that we see. So Steve Austin comes out and gives a couple stunners and drinks some beer on some young talent. Is anybody going to complain about that given his age? Probably only not. Marks. I hope not. Only yeah. diehard marks. Yeah. So let's not let's not go crazy about the table spot. I didn't I didn't think I didn't think it was a negative thing. Now, one thing that people might start complaining about if this was 2014 and not 2021 is the big show, now known as Paul White, his real name, is gonna be in the ring competing in AEW at all out in a match against QT Marshall. Now, Ralph, we didn't get the please retire chance again this week. So fans are, I guess, into this. Now that it's official, QT Marshall versus Big Show, are you excited for it? Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm excited. I'm also not, I'm not thrilled about it being on All Out. Look, QT Marshall is maybe a little underappreciated. He has terrible style. He dresses like Tony Soprano. Um, I think that's the point, though. Look, this is probably going to be a five-minute squash match. We're going to get a choke slam. We'll get a knockout punch. QT will probably get his ass kicked. Maybe he'll put QT over. For what reason, I don't know. The only gripe I have, you know, they've got a, go a lot of good young talent. I'd like to see some of those guys uh, be on the all-out card. You know, whose spot is he taking? But at the same time, we've talked about this. Big Show is an established name. You know, and 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 people know who he is, and he's noticeable, and that's why he's going to be on the card. So. Right, and I I saw on Twitter earlier this week, and I retweeted it. You know, you have Flair on AAA, you have Christian as the Impact Champion now. You have you know WWE bringing back Cena and Goldberg, and New uh, New Japan putting Tanahashi over as the new U.S. title. Like everybody's using nostalgia acts and older wrestlers because it works. It draws in viewers. So if, you know, they hear CM Punk is coming back after seven years and that, you know, Paul White is going to have a match, even though he seems like, you know, people were chanting, please retire seven years ago. People want to see that. People, I mean, yes, the people that say please retire may not want to see it, but there's other people there that are like, I want to see Big Show chokeslam QT Marshall. And guess what? Yeah. They'll pay to see it. And, and I think everybody you name there, you know, it, it's nobody's fault. It's not anybody in AEW's fault. It's nobody in WWE's fault. But let's just be honest. The majority of those guys came from two of the biggest peaks in pro wrestling popularity history. The Attitude Era, the Ruthless Aggression Era, the only era that maybe 
was close to those was what would you say like the the golden age like when hogan was on top so well actually i i actually debate sometimes i can make the argument that the golden era was even bigger than both those eras it's just that they don't talk about them because there was no ratings war right but but the main thing those guys are are household names to to the casual fan and tony khan is a businessman much like vince mcmahon and this is why it drives me nuts when people are like, oh, well, why are they using the older guys? Because the older guys still draw, because as much as we like to pretend that people hate Bill Goldberg, every time his music hits, people pop and they chant Goldberg. And the same thing for Cena. Oh, everybody wanted Cena to wrestling. Well, Cena returned. And guess what? The ovation went nuts. People were chanting, uh, you know, please retire to Big Show, who we're talking about right now. And, you know, I- I'm sure people are going to be into this because they're certainly not booing him. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, am, am I invested in the match? Do I really care about it? Not all that much. Am I going to watch it? Yeah. And you know what, if he's going against a guy like QT Marshall, even if he goes over, what's the big deal again, not a guy that's ranked, not like it's somebody that's, you know, one of their top tier guys that they're pushing. Um, you know, so I, I, I it is what it is. And he's not challenging for a title, which I know a lot of people use that as the argument for guys like Goldberg and Cena. It's like, well, they're not challenging for titles. And it's like, yeah, I understand that. But it's just the promotions use them in different ways. But at the end of the day, they use them for basically the same reason is to at least for the most part is to get their opponent over. Now, yes, I understand Goldberg. Did go over the fiend and did go over Kevin Owens, but he also did put over Braun Strowman, Drew McIntyre, and assumingly will put over Lashley on Saturday. And then Big Show will probably go over QT Marshall. But you know they use them all different ways, and I think they're effective. And not, I'd say eight times out of ten effective. But you talk about how they could possibly be taking the spot of someone younger or full time on the roster. Maybe it's one of these tag teams that won't be on the card because of it. And we have now an eliminator tournament to decide who the Young Bucks will face for the AEW Tag Team Championships at All Out, which will be in a steel cage match, Ralph. Mm -hmm. So this happens after the Young Bucks win over the Jurassic Express, thanks to a lot of interference from the Elite. Kenny Omega comes out. The Good Brothers are attacking. You got uh, Nakazawa in there. uh, Brandon Cutler is spraying cold spray on everybody. So I think this is a good move and one I actually did not expect coming. So when that happens, I'm always going to pop for that. Um, And I'm excited to see what team they actually decide to go with here. Do you think they go with Jurassic Express in a rematch? Lucha Brothers, Varsity Blondes, or Private Party? Well, we've already covered this. Uh, I, I think if they're going to put anybody over, I would like to see them put over the Varsity Blondes because... Jurassic Express. First of all, I I really wanted to go back and look at this. I know I've seen the Young Bucks beat the Jurassic Express probably three times. Would you say that it it it's happened? I would say more than at least twice. It's definitely happened twice because they mentioned it on commentary last night that they had the match at All Out. So that's at least twice now. Okay, and and even if it hasn't been like the tag team match, I would say even like a variation, like half. And again, I haven't looked at it, but. Maybe it was Nick Jackson going over, whatever the match was. Um, I feel like I've seen the uh, Jurassic Express lose multiple times to the Young Bucks. So, you know, I I don't need to see that match again. I If the Young Bucks are going to be putting anybody over, I'd like to see it be a young, young up-and-coming team. Private Party, they came out 
when AEW first got formed and came out hot and everybody was all on them. And then I think uh, they kind of fell off a bit because they came became a little spotty and a little sloppy in some of their matches. So I don't think they're ready. Um, I'd like to see the Varsity Blondes myself. I mean, I like to see them too because, you know, one of the only guests we've ever had on the Squared Circle Psycho Battle was Brian Pillman Jr. So it'd be nice to, you know, have him be in a tag team championship match at All Out and, you know, maybe win the titles. But I think the story there is with the Jurassic Express. And I know they're kind of teasing Lucha Brothers again with these backstage segments and them going after the tag team titles. So I, I could see Lucha Brothers, but if it were me, as a guy that likes story behind all, his, all the matches, I got to go with Jurassic Express. I want to see that rematch. Yeah. And with the steel cage there, you know, you're going to prevent the outside interference from, from the Good Brothers, from Kenny Omega and Brandon Cutler and Michael Nakazawa and all the other idiots that are part of this group now. So I want to see it. And I think I, like, I've said this for basically since AEW started, like Jungle, uh, Jurassic Express are usually one of the most over tag teams in AEW. And yet they haven't pulled the trigger on them yet. Perhaps this is finally time to pull the trigger on them and get them some gold. Yeah, maybe, especially considering, you know, Jungle Boy was a guy that had that big, high-profiled match against Kenny Omega, and you'd think that they'd try to push um, push him because he is one of the guys that you would think would be a main player in the future for AEW, so. Yeah, and I think last night I saw a big improvement with Luchasaurus in the ring. Like, at first he felt like a little tentative with the kick sometimes, and... He didn't really know what to do and was doing stuff as a big man that most big men shouldn't do. But he really showed his dominance in that match last night and really yeah. got the crowd going. And I, I thought the Houston crowd was hot throughout the whole night. So it really played into this match. And Jungle Boy has, has gone you know leaps and bounds in the ring as well. And now I think they're just clicking. The tie-in with Christian, I think, would help you know build that. Jurassic Express and Christian versus the Elite storyline heading into Omega versus Christian at All Out. So I, I say go with Jurassic Express in the rematch, but I have a feeling they're going to go with Lucha Brothers here because a cage match is just another way they could do a lot of high spots. And we know Lucha Brothers and Young Bucks are known to have a big high spot match like we saw yeah. with their ladder match. So that's probably where they're going to go with it. I would think so. Yeah. Now... One thing that we did see to close out AEW Dynamite last night was that Chris Jericho tapping out to MJF in the fifth and final labor of Jericho. Obviously, MJF going over. What does this leave for Jericho, though? Do you think they wrote him off here to tour with Fozzie? Is this the end of the feud? Seemed like kind of not what we were expecting here. I felt, I mean, maybe this is just me watching wrestling over the years and seeing, you know, a storyline like this always ends up with the baby face getting over, but with the heel going over, I don't know where this goes. You know what I've noticed most about this? This, this feud is not so much about the pinnacle and the inner circle. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, they've really gotten away from that, which is kind of how we got into this feud to begin with. I, I don't know where they go from here. I, I, I think I would, I would assume that we're going to get a rematch at some point. Uh, Jericho and MJF. I, I just don't, I, I don't know. I, I was MJF kind of surprised. MJF has already beaten him three times. So yeah, it's very I, hard to go that route with another rematch if MJF has already beaten him three times. I know. And th- and that's the thing. Like, 
you know, where where do they go with this? Because it's not Jer- look, Jericho's the main guy in his group, right? So it's not like you're gonna have anybody else go challenge MJF. Like in- unless Jericho brings somebody in for him to challenge, I I really don't know. Unless they try to move MJF into the title picture. I, I don't know where they go sense. with either of them. That would make sense because if if they write Jericho off after being tapped out here and he goes tours with Fozzie and then it's like, you know, he took like storyline wise, he took time to, you know, think about the loss and how he could come back. And then they bring him back to go after MJF, like say three, six months down the road. Yeah. I could see that happening. And in that time, MJF builds himself up to become whether it's TNT champion or AEW champion. But I think this feud is definitely, I think, it's done enough. We've seen it already. It's gone on long enough. So let them do something else, whether it's right uh, Jericho off to do his Fozzie tour and MJF do stuff as AEW or go after some championship, whether that's the TNT or AEW championship. That's why I mean, I just don't see where else this goes. Right. And it was just, it was, it, honestly, I thought Jericho was going to finish it off and he didn't, but at least we got the fans singing Judas without any music, which was nice. Very good uh, moment there. And it just goes to show you how even at 49, 50 years old, Jericho's still over. <laughs> and, you know, just like we talked about before, even though some of these guys may be a little bit older, this is why they get utilized because they know they know the business. They've worked in it for years and there's still a draw and there's still an attraction. Right, and they don't need to do a thousand tope suicidas and flips and dives and stunts and spots. Jericho got over with a freaking song. Nonetheless, another week in the books for AEW Dynamite. What are your final thoughts this week? I thought, for the most part, the crowd was really hot. Uh, I thought you had a lot of a lot of moving parts in this this show. A lot of backstage segments, a lot of interviews, a lot of matches. I don't think there was really a dull moment. Uh, on the show, uh, I think there were some times where maybe things could have gotten better and leave you wondering what's going to happen. But overall, I thought it was a decent show backed up by a very hot crowd in Houston. Yeah, the show itself was 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 uh, good. You know, it wasn't a bad episode. I think the main event was good. I thought Sean Spears and Sammy Guevara was very good. The ending, I know some people are debating that maybe Sammy should have won the 630 kind of agree with that but you know that that match was good you got sting coming back my main thing with this show was was kind of the pacing of it you know um it seemed like there would be a match and then there'd be these long kind of strands where there'd be like three segments talking segments or promos back to back so kind of the, the flow of the night they've had they had a dante martin promo dan lambert promo the the segment with dan lambert Jericho promo, then they had the Bucks match. So all of those things, that was like a 15-minute stretch there where it was all promos. Um, then they had the Britt Baker promo. Matt Hardy had a promo. They had the Big Show segment. Then they had the Tag segment. Then they had Andrade and and Pac. And then Miro and then Mox and all of that. Like, those were all literally back to back to back. And I felt like, mm-hmm. you know, I was getting into the show. And then, like, all those promos would happen, and I'd be, like, taken back out of it a little bit. So Sounds like you're watching an episode of Raw. <laughs> More talking, yeah. less wrestling. I, I don't mind the talking segments. I just, I feel like some, like, they've been doing a really good job at balancing, okay, well, we're going to have a match, then there'll be this segment and all this. And, you know, even going back to, like, the Dan Lambert thing, like, I, I'm just not into that. Like, I've seen that before. 
it works with some athletes. It works with some UFC stars. Like you're trying to bring in the, the MMA fans and stuff like that. One, you're not going to do it with those guys, right? Because Andre Olovsky has been in MMA for years. He's not a huge draw. He's not at the top of any rankings. Junior Dos Santos, he, he's not in the UFC. So which I thought this was odd because I don't think either of them either fight in the UFC right now. Um, you would know more than me because I don't follow MMA at all. Look, I mean, it was a it was a good promo for what it was supposed to do. It got heat. But like, it's like, where, well, where are you going to go with this? You're, it's one thing if you're bringing in Tyson, who is just like a huge draw, even at his age. Um, but unless you're like a hardcore MMA fan, they don't know who these guys are. And you're trying to bring them in to do this kind of weird um, MMA versus wrestling segment, which they tried to do it in TNA with Rampage and Tito and just never really works out. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm just not into it. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I don't follow MMA. So those guys, other than the fact that they're shoot rest, shoot fighters versus choreographed fighters, that kind of blends the whole, oh, is this real? Like, that's the only thing I get out of it. But Dan Lambert, I didn't mind his promo, but I feel like I feel like the character that he's trying to portray is Jim Cornette without the F-bombs and controversial ways to say things. And maybe the first time he did it, it worked really well this time. Maybe not so much. You know, I felt more forced that he was just trying to say things to get the crowd wild up instead of, you know, bring in Jim Cornette to just vent out on why he hates AEW. Well, or I shouldn't say hate, but why he criticizes certain things on AEW. This, this is a promo that I could see at least certain segments of it. Um, that's a promo that a heel CM Punk should be cutting. That yeah. that's the stuff he should be saying to get heat and, and and stuff like that. If he does intend to be a heel in AEW, who knows what he's gonna do? But you know, let somebody else do that stuff. Let somebody else like an MJ MJF has already done stuff like this. So right, I, I don't I don't know where they're going with it. But the last thing I want to see is like Lance Archer versus you know Junior Dos Santos or Andre Olovsky. Like it, it's not you're not dealing with like the top guys. It's not like it's, uh, you know, Daniel Cormier or, or you're not bringing in Conor McGregor or like Ronda Rousey or anything like that. It's not it's not going to do what they I, I don't think it's going to get the reaction that they think it's going to get. Right. And I think if this was just to set up a feud with the men of the year, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, I feel like why bring those guys in? It just seems odd. Unless they have Brock Lesnar under contract and they're going to say, okay, well, we'll get an MMA guy that has training and bring him in, then I don't see this working out in any way where the fans will actually care. Well, Lesnar's still not under contract anywhere and he's too busy cutting cows in half at some butcher shop. So, you know, growing weird ass mohawks or whatever that hairdo is called. I don't know. I'm I'm not into men's fashion, I guess. So, but... Overall, I think it was a decent show that could have been better, but like you said, the flow could have been a little bit better too. So let us know what you guys thought of AEW Dynamite this week. What are your plans this weekend? You know, you got Rampage that could have CM Punk. You have SummerSlam. You have TakeOver. A lot of good wrestling happening this weekend. So let us know what you guys are doing this weekend. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Squared Circle Babble.